0: This weak and powerful. Let it do a quick and powerful work today. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. pierces even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit. Father, today, may your spirit help me even as I speak. Speak to your people. May we go with fire in our hearts for you. For in
1: Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm just going to read a few passages, and then we will run along with the word of God. Amen. Amen. Um, I'd like us to read Luke chapter 7. Okay, before we read Luke 7, let's read our text, Luke chapter 10, from verse 38 to 42. Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, which also sat at the feet at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was scumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, "Lord, dost thou not care that my sister had left me alone, left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me." Jesus answered and said unto her, "Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful." And Mary had chosen that good part, which shall
0: not be taken away from her. Luke chapter 7, verse
1: 36. I'm not going to read every verse in Luke chapter 7. I'm just going to pick some of the important things. I'm going to skip as I read. One of the Pharisees desired him... That he will eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meat. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, he began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now I'm going to
0: jump to verse for the four.
1: For, for the three. Or for the four. Let me start from verse 44. Four. And he turned to the woman and he said to Simon, Now, if you read other, um, other accounts of what happened here, and I'm going to explain why I believe it's the same event that took place. You will find out that the, this Simon Jesus was addressing was the man who he was in his house. Amen? Amen? Okay, so he said to Simon, I suppose that he... So Simon answered him first of all in verse 43. I suppose that he, to whom he forgave most, and he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman, I entered into thine house, and thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with her tears. Wiped them with the hairs of her head, thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased kiss my feet, my head with oil, thou didst not anoint but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointments. Wherefore I say unto thee, Her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom little is given, is forgiven, the same loveth little. And in verse 50, Jesus Christ said, And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee, go in peace. Just for particular emphasis, what Jesus actually said there, the literal translation of what Jesus said there. Is that thy sins have been forgiven? Not has uh, not uh, uh, sorry. Go that go thy faith had saved thee. Sorry, Jesus Christ actually said, uh, uh, "Thy sins have been forgiven." Now, why I want to why I want to bring that out? If you go to the literal translation of what Jesus Christ said there, when he said thy faith had saved thee, go in peace. Uh, Sorry, in verse 48, I was looking at verse 50. In verse 48, he said, Thy sins are forgiven. What Jesus Christ said there literally was, Thy sins have been forgiven. Now, why? It makes sense when you look at it that way. Because when you consider what Jesus Christ had been saying before then, he was actually saying that, see, I had forgiven our sins. Amen? That was what he was saying before then. He was telling Simon, see, she loves much. Why? Because I have forgiven her sins. So, it doesn't make sense for him to come again and say, Your sins are forgiven. Now, the literal translation, if you go to, if you use the Young's literal translation, the literal translation of what Jesus Christ was saying there was that her sins have been forgiven. Now, it's important for you to have that mindset. And I'm just going to also give you um, my four reasons why I believe that what happened. Actually, the other accounts of this story where we read now in Luke chapter 7 is in Matthew chapter 26. Mark chapter 14. Luke chapter 7, okay, Luke 7 is where we read, and John chapter 12. I only picked Luke 7 because I wanted to explain why they were the same events. Luke didn't mention the name of Mary, but I believe that they were the same event because, first of all, the house of the person where this event took place was Simon. Amen? In all the accounts, it was Simon. The second reason why I also believe that um, it was the same event is that even though Matthew and Mark Stated that this woman anointed the head of Jesus Christ. John also stated clearly that she anointed the feet of Jesus. Amen. And she wiped it with her hair. I wonder how many Brazilian hairs can do that today. Amen. You had your Brazilian hair and Jesus Christ showed up. Amen. People are not smiling again. Especially the ones with Brazilian hair. (laughs) okay so let me run along and then Jesus Christ declares also in in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 13 he said that wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world there shall also this that this woman had done be told for a memorial of her and I believe that Luke is one of the gospels that was preached in a wheresoever because it was written to Theophilus so I also believe that for Jesus Christ for what he said to have come to pass it had to be recorded in the book of Luke and then finally, we know historically that Jews do not anoint the feet of a person. They only anoint the head. Whenever they are anointing the feet, they are anointing the feet because they are preparing the person for a burial. Now in Luke 7, Jesus Christ did not categorically state, just like he did in Matthew 26 and Mark 14, that she was preparing him for his burial. But the actions in Luke 7 clearly depicts that the woman knew what she was doing. She was preparing him for his burial. Because, not only did she anoint his feet, also, when you want to anoint the feet of a dead person, historically, you always break the ointment box. It signifies a show that you've lost something. Because that alabaster box that she used, it has a resale value. You can sell it again and make money from it. So, whenever they break it, it's a sign that, see, we've lost this person, so we're not going to resell this, because we've lost something here, and we're going to anoint this dead person. Amen. So I believe this same event, this prostitute, let me come out clearly. This sinner, because when they say sinner is a prostitute, that Jesus Christ was, that anointed the feet of Christ in Luke 7, is Mary.
0: Amen. Now with that understanding, let's run along. Um, In John chapter 3 and verse 34, the Bible says that for him who God had sent, Speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not
1: the Spirit by measure unto him. What the scripture is clearly saying in John chapter 3 and verse 34 is that Jesus Christ was not given the Holy Spirit by measure. We are given the Spirit by measure. Amen. We are given the Spirit by measure. But Jesus Christ was not given the Holy Ghost by measure. He was given the Holy Spirit without measure. And so what was actually happening, I want you to have this understanding. See, Every apostrophe that Jesus Christ declares, every comma, every record, every one that He said is anointed. I mean, Jesus Christ does not just listen. See, that is why sometimes we miss some things that Jesus Christ is saying. When you, when Jesus Christ says something, everything that He says, when He pauses, there's a reason why He paused. When He begins to talk, He is talking for a reason. Did Jesus Himself not say that the things I do, the things I say, are the things that my Father Himself has preordained that I will do and say. It is clear from the scriptures that everything Jesus Christ says, every time Jesus Christ is talking, He is not a talkative. The things He is saying are essential for the moment. And so, when Jesus Christ was in the house of Martha and He was speaking, and Mary sat down at His feet and was listening, what Mary was listening to was not just a man like me who was talking. He was listening. She was listening to the words of Christ Himself who was speaking the words of the Father himself into her life. What Jesus Christ was doing at that point, if you could see in the realm of the Spirit, you would see that he was releasing words that came like fire. He was saying things that were anointed by the Spirit himself. He was not just saying what he felt like saying, or he was not just saying what was going to make Mary feel good. He was not a feel-good preacher. He was speaking the very words of the Father. And when you have have that understanding, You can see that what Jesus Christ was doing was not for show. And in Luke chapter 10, in verse 38 and 39, we must have this understanding before we go into Luke 10. We see that Jesus Christ came into a certain village. The Bible said that Martha received him into his house. But the sister Mary was the person who sat down at his feet. I want to say to us, first of all, that it is quite spectacular that Mary could recognize that Jesus was the Son of God. I mean, she wasn't mistaken. If you read the account of John chapter um, John chapter 11, it was John chapter 11 because it was John 11 where Lazarus died and Jesus came to raise her. That's why we have the shortest verse in the scripture, John eleven thirty-five. Jesus works. When Mary came and saw Jesus Christ, the first thing she acknowledged when Jesus Christ told her, see, I am um, the resurrection and life, was that she said, I know you are the son of the living God. Amen. So she recognized who Jesus was and it's quite spectacular that she could welcome Jesus into her house. I mean, a lot of us today, if Jesus were to come around, we would not even have enough sensitivity for us to recognize who Jesus is. Every now and then, when I listen to people bash matter, I begin to laugh because ourselves, most of the times, we are failing in the same areas where matter failed. Sometimes we are so dull in spirit that we can't even recognize Jesus if he's passing in front of our house. Amen. Every man who has worked with God, there's this special training that they seem to have. When Lord finished staying with Abraham. Somehow he knew when angels came. The Bible said he was at the gate of the city. He saw them. He knew they were angels. How did he know? Did they tell him they were angels? Are you following what I'm saying? It is It is. it must not be downplayed that Martha recognized who Jesus was and was able to welcome Jesus into her, into her house. But it is more spectacular that Mary sat down and began to listen to the words that Jesus said. I want to tell us, brethren, that I believe that every time, it seems to me that every time God meets a man, he is, first of all, more interested in doing a walk inside the man before the man begins to do some work for him. Uh, um, 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 Mary, Mary did something for Jesus, and Martha also did something for Jesus because they both welcomed him into the house. I mean, it was Martha's home, but Mary was also there. Now, what Martha did for Jesus was all about what she could do for Jesus. She could welcome Jesus into her house. And that was all that she did. But what Mary did was beyond what she could do for Jesus. It was about what Jesus could do in her. The work that Jesus was doing in her was essential and quite necessary. If not, Jesus would not do that work. He was not someone who was lazy, who didn't have something to do. When he came into the house of Martha and Mary and he sat down and began to speak into the life of Mary, there was a reason. And so I want us to understand that what Mary did was quite spectacular. We must not end at welcoming Jesus into our homes. We must also allow the Lord to first do some work in our lives before he moves us to serve him. Any one of us who does not allow God to first of all work in their lives before they begin to work for God will discover That even the love they think they have for God cannot be sustained by their own power. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 5, For the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost that he has given to us. If it was unnecessary for the love to be shed abroad in our hearts by the gift of the Holy Ghost, he will not give the Holy Ghost in the first place. God does not make mistakes when he begins to do things. If God decides, I must put my spirit in them for my love to be shed abroad in in their hearts, then there's a reason for that. And so when God says, and what the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 5, that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts, is because we cannot sustain our love for God if we continue walking all by ourselves. You can't do it. You will find out that you think you love him, but at some point you will shake your head and go back. There are some things that will show up as you walk with God that you cannot stand when the Holy Ghost's love is not shed abroad in your heart. Matter of fact, you cannot sustain your love for me. Because sometimes you will discover that I have some weaknesses and some infirmities. And when you see some of my weaknesses, you won't like to hang around me again because I won't look so good like I'm looking now and preaching to you. Are you following what I'm saying? Because the love of God is not in your heart. But you see, when the love of God is in your heart, you find out that your love for me is just like the love God had for you. When he died, why? You were yet a sinner.
0: Are you following what I'm saying this morning? The second
1: reason why I believe God works on us, first of all, before he begins to send us out to serve him, is because I think it is dangerous for any man to serve God in the flesh. I'll say it again. It is dangerous for any man to serve God in the flesh. Anyone of us who does not serve God in spirit will discover that there was a reason why Jesus Christ said what he said in John. That the hour has come and now is when they that must worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Let me take us to Matthew chapter 24 and explain this before I run along. Matthew chapter 24. I'm just going to read a few verses. The Bible says, Blessed is the servant, verse 46. Okay, let me start from verse 45, where Jesus Christ began to speak about the faithful and unfaithful servants. Who then is a faithful
0: and wise servant, whom his Lord had made ruler over his household, to give them meat, to give them result in due season, to
1: be effective when the time comes? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant shall say in his heart. Notice the two of them are servants of whom? One master. The Lord. But one was producing results,
0: And I will show you why the guy who was producing results
1: was and the other guy wasn't. Verse 49 now. And shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken. One of them is filled with the Holy Ghost, the other one is filled with new one. If you doubt what I'm saying, let's go to Matthew 25. See, when you read the Bible, understand that the people who wrote these scriptures did not write it in verses and in chapters. They wrote a top line. So, Matthew 24, the top line continues in Matthew 25. Matthew 25 immediately begins with the story of the five foolish virgins and the five wise virgins. The difference between the two is that one of the set of agents had enough oil, which represents who? The Holy Spirit. The other side did it. And so, what simply happened to the guy in Matthew 24 was that he didn't have enough oil. That was why the Bible specifically mentioned that he was drunk with wine. Let us now bring it into context as to what we are discussing. He was serving God in the flesh. Listen, brethren, you can serve God in the flesh. It is possible for a man to think that. And the danger in this thing is that you won't even know that your standard is shifting. Let me tell you something. When you stay around people who are not so out to serve God, who are not out to serve God in spirit, and they begin to set up their structures, and you follow their structure, you start following their dictates, work with them for 10 years, come out. You will discover that so many things that used to be seen for you before are no longer look sinful. for you start finding out that so many things that you used to hate before, you don't hate again. You tolerate some kind of music that you didn't used to tolerate before. That's because your standards are changing. But you see, this standard that is changing, the issue is that our God, we still declare every time we sing, we hope, we hope that He's going to move in our midst and do miracles in our midst because He doesn't change. The miracles he performed in the Old Testament, we declare that he can do today. How come we feel that his standards are changing? If the reason why God can bless us and prosper us and do the things that he can do in our midst, is because he doesn't change himself. He is always all powerful. He's always all this and all that. How come we expect that his standards are changing? And then all of a sudden you discover that 10 years down the line So many things that you thought before that they were bad You don't think they are bad again The problem is that you hung around people Who were serving God in the flesh It's a dangerous thing Let me point out something to you So many people will not even recognize the move of the Holy Ghost If it's moving And I'm not saying it as if I'm a saint in this area God help me, sometimes I have questioned the move of the Holy Ghost myself And every time when you serve God in the flesh It's a dangerous thing for you Not to yield to the Holy Ghost per second Because sometimes you might just think you figured out how the Holy Ghost moves. You think you know everything that he will do and he can do. But just then he begins to do something else that you are not used to. And you think you know that this is not the Holy Ghost. I dare to say to you, brethren, it's a dangerous thing for any man to begin to walk in the flesh and not in the spirit. Oh, never step out into the work of God and walk all by yourself. Make sure the Holy Ghost is leading you. Even when Jesus went to fast, the Bible said that he was led by who? The Holy Ghost. Never think you figured it out. And we'll see how dangerous it is for Martha. When Martha began to serve in the flesh, her problem was not that she didn't love Christ. Her problem was that she didn't simply sit down long enough to get under the influence of what the Holy Ghost wanted to do. There was something like we read in John chapter 3 and verse 35. I told you, remember, the words that Jesus Christ was speaking were the words of the Father. He was relating what the Father wanted to do. And I'll prove it to you that he spoke into the life of Mary. I'll show you from the scriptures. But because Martha didn't sit down long enough to listen to Jesus, she went out, she started walking in the flesh. Now look at what she did. Let's read the Bible so that it won't be as if I'm saying this thing. Let's read what she told Jesus Christ. She now came and said, the Bible says in Luke 10, 40, Martha was cumbered about serving and came to him and said, Lord, does thou not care that my sister, that is, this is what you should be careful about. You see this message you are preaching now. That's not what you should be careful about. What you should be careful about is that my sister has refused to serve with me. Please, let me ask you a question. Serving the Lord, that banquet was prepared for Jesus. When you read the other accounts, they brought it out better. It was a few days to Jesus Christ dying, actually, that this event took place. I think it was about two days to Passover. Let me ask you a question. In fact, um... Okay, no, it was the, the case of Simon, not this one. Let me ask you a question. If, was, 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 was what Mary doing, the service she was giving the master, was it wrong? Did it seem wrong? It made all the sense in the world. It made sense that Jesus Christ came around, let's have food. Are you getting what I'm saying? It made sense. It made good sense that, I mean, Jesus Christ is here. The next thing we should do is to serve. But you see, what she was doing when she came to Jesus was that she was like that servant that we read about in Matthew 24. Disrupting the service that other servants were giving to their father. When you begin to look at it, when you place those scriptures side by side, and the Holy Ghost gives you understanding, you begin to see how dangerous what matter was doing was. And let me tell you the truth. A lot of times we've done such dangerous things. We don't even know. We think that what we are doing is what we should do. It makes all the sense to our head. But sometimes what makes some sense to your head does not make sense to the spirits. There is a spirit that is in man. A spirit that is in one, that is born again, that is connected to the Father. That one downloads what the spirit wants to do. That is why when Jesus wants to use a man, the first thing he begins to do is to take away the the heart of stone and to put the heart of flesh. In fact, I want to put it this way. What Jesus does in a man is that not only does he save the man, he installs the software of the Holy Ghost in your hardware. Because if he doesn't do that, he can mess it up. You will find out that when you begin to walk, you're going to walk in the flesh a lot. There are so many things that you're going to do that will make sense to your head. But if you can see what the Spirit wants to do per second, you will find out that you are walking against the Holy Ghost himself. She began to tell Jesus, see, this thing you are careful about now, this message you are preaching, I don't think this is what you you should be careful that my sister is not serving with me. (sighs) And then we see the response of Jesus Christ. Jesus immediately tells her in Luke chapter 10 and verse 41. And Jesus answered and said to her, You see,
0: Jesus read, oh,
1: the Bible said he read, he grew in wisdom. But it was not these things, some of the responses Jesus Christ gave to answers. When you when you read them, you see that there was something that was there was something that was given. he had a source. And we and near the thing. Because the answers, I mean, he was just asked a question immediately, answered, yeah, he just threw out the answer, just, just easily like that. And the answer, in the thing, were well, eternal implication. Jesus Christ immediately said to her, let's read what Jesus said. He said, and Jesus answered unto her, said, answered and said unto her, matter, matter. Thou art careful and troubled about many things. Please, let me ask you a question. How many things did Mata ask for?
0: How did Jesus know it was many things? It's not experience, it's a spirit. He, he,
1: he was given the spirit without measure. And so immediately he answered and said, see, you, I can see you, you, are, you are troubled about many things. And then he goes on to say in verse 42, but one thing is needful. And Mary had chosen that good part. I want to point out something. What Jesus Christ, and the answer he gave,
0: was not just an answer.
1: It transcended that moment for me when I looked at it. I'll say that because Jesus Christ gave us a glimpse as to how God was going to judge when we meet him in heaven.
0: I'll repeat it again. What Jesus Christ revealed with his answer was what the judgment of the Father will be like when we stand before his throne. And I'm going to point out something. Did you notice that Jesus Christ believed, in fact, or was saying that as far as God is concerned, what you, matter is doing is your
1: choice. And what Mary is doing is her choice. In fact, I listened listening to the prophecy this morning, and at a point, she said something about that you choose to sleep. And I started laughing. You know, sometimes we just think that this sleep that we are sleeping is not a choice so. It's just that our body, the body is weak. We cannot do anything, so we are sleeping. So, do you know that when you get to heaven and you stand before the throne of God, He will say to you, and now He will say to me, Oh, because me, I sleep. <laughs> Amen? Sometimes you just sleep, and He will say to you, Ah, if I, that sleep that you were sleeping
0: that morning was a choice. That's how God will judge this thing, oh. It will be seen as a choice. In fact, let me
1: say this to us. There's nobody here that is not making a choice as far as God is concerned. Not even choosing is a choice in itself. So you are making a choice. Everybody. I keep, I keep saying, if, if you have, my wife just put to bed a few, one more, about a month ago now. Do you know that child has an opinion? What would opinion, they go. He just wants you to stop what you are doing. He will give you... Cry. He will start with gear 1. You are not responding. He will increase the thing to gear 2. There's a time it will get to. You will be begging him to stop. That is an opinion he's expressing. A child that is about a month. Matter of fact, I was opportune to be there when he was given birth to. From the time that boy came out, he started expressing his opinion immediately. Are you following what I'm saying? How come we think that God does not have an opinion about how we dress and how we do things? If a small boy that is 1 month and a few days old has an opinion. Go to the scriptures and see the details of the things that he asks them to build in the Old Testament. If the patterns that he asks them to build He had opinions about them. Why do we think, now I'm saying this, and why I'm saying this, I want to to categorically touch on nudity. Because the kind of craze where this thing is going to, you know the old fashion is pointing to women being naked. That's just what it is. Show more skin, and of course, if you have to show more skin, you have to dedicate time to make that skin look good for you to show it. And I'm not saying there's something bad in looking good. I'm saying there's something evil about nudity. It's a vicious cycle. Let me tell us something. Every one of us must suffer for this nudity. If you like, go silent on me. Every one of us, it will get to... Ev- if this nudity continues, all of us... In fact, when my brother, my brother came back from the United Kingdom... I was driving him and he just he made a statement. He said, "This thing, uh, we've seen so many naked women. It's not affecting me. I said, it's not true. It's not true. It's still affecting me. Anytime you start believing that gospel from the pit of hell that you've seen enough, it is not affecting you. You're
0: already following yourself. It's affecting me. You can never see it enough
1: and say it is no longer affecting you. It is a lie from the pit of hell. And later on he said, it's true, it's true. This There's no way you... Because the truth of the matter is that you just have to discipline yourself as a man. But let me say this to us. Those of you who are doctors, I mean, you've seen what diseases are doing to people. Let me say this. There are so many diseases that so many of your brothers, those of you who are going naked, your brother, you think, after all, you are showing off your hot body, it's not affecting your brother. But another person's sister, my own sister, if she shows off her own, it will affect your brother just like your own is affecting me. That's why I say it's a vicious cycle. Are you following what I'm saying? You do your own, it's not affecting your family. My family will do their own, it will affect your own brothers. Then somehow, somehow, we'll find out that all of us, we
0: are in the same people. All of us, we are here, we are in the same place. Those of us who want to
1: spiritualize the whole thing and just say it does not concern, it concerns you. Because just because you are spiritual sister, your brothers, your husband's eyes. He's washed in the blood, I know. But you see that eyes? The things he
0: can see. You don't know.
1: I'm saying my own because I want to be helped. Sisters, help the brothers. This is a vicious eye. It will affect you that is wearing that thing. Okay, mega effect. Why I'm shouting is so that God will have mercy on me.
0: I have two boys in my house. I don't want
1: them to go the way their father went. Honestly, I was a pornography addict. So I know what I'm saying. This thing will affect all of us. You think it's nothing, it will affect all of us. Eventually, we are in the same thing. And let me tell you something. When you stand before the throne of God, you will consider it a choice. That you made. That's the interesting part. He will consider it that you made a choice. That you had an option. Whether someone gave you those clothes or whether you bought them yourself. He will consider it a choice that you made. But I dare to ask you today to go back home and behave like Mary. And press on in the mindset of Mary. Mary will sit down at the feet of Jesus. And even before James wrote the book of James. Mary started practicing the principle. In James chapter 4 verse 8. Draw nigh to me. And I will draw nigh to you. She already knew. So when others were giving gap, she knew she didn't give Jesus Christ space. And because she began to draw nigh to Jesus, the Lord began to reveal to her certain things that others did not understand. Let me say this to us. There were revelations that Mary walked in before even the death of Christ that the disciples did not walk in. And I'm going to prove it by the scriptures. There were certain things this woman knew that some of the disciples of Christ who followed him, who ate with him, slept with him, did not know that she knew. There is something about drawing nigh to God. Any man who draws nigh to God discovers that he begins to know something about God. And do you know something about drawing nigh to God? When you draw nigh to God, the worship is easier because you start knowing the person that you are worshiping. So falling at his feet becomes very easy.. Are you following what I'm saying? When you come close to God, and it is easier for you to fall down at his feet and worship him. Are you getting what I'm saying? Anyone who wants to find it easy in the place of worship must learn to sit down at his feet. It is the revelation you get at his feet that will make you to rise up and fall down again at his feet to worship him. Any man who has revelation of who God is, only stands up from his feet, only to, rise, only to fall down again at his feet and worship him. And what does it mean? Everything you want is here. I said everything you want is in Jesus. Everything you desire is in Christ. And when you have that revelation in your spirit, you find out that it is easy for you to leave some things, to leave the many things, and to sit down and watch, or to fall down at his feet and worship him. The reason why many times we cannot drop the many things that are disturbing our lives is because we have not understood who the man we are worshipping is. Anyone who finds out who God is for himself we discover that so many times you are focusing and most of those things you are careful about you have never had disturbances. Because they will be stopping you from focusing on his presence and the beauty of his face. It is lack of revelation
0: that makes a man not to know how to worship. And so we see Mary. In John
1: chapter 12, verse 2, I'll prove it from these scriptures. The result of Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. The Bible says in John chapter 12 and verse 2, when Jesus was hosted in the house of Simon. In John chapter 12, I want to read it so that you see. Not a bad thing, it's a wonderful thing. They, they, they. Okay, there they made a supper and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Martha, serve, They blame him Lazarus. If you die and Jesus Christ resurrects you, there's an understanding you have of Him that no other person can have. You will just want to sit beside Him and listen to the things He say. They're words of life. But Martha began to serve again. But see what Mary did. When Mary came there. She poured an ointment. Other, other accounts say she came with an alabaster box with um, an expensive ointment. She poured an ointment sold for 300 pounds at his
0: feet. Now, in John chapter 11,
1: I want, to read, I want to also show you something in John 11 before I proceed. Just on to John 11. Why I chose John is because so that it will be close for us to look at the two passages. John 11. Look at what. Martha did when she heard that Jesus came. Martha was the first person to hear that Jesus came. And so the Bible says in verse 20, John 11:20. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you hadn't, if you, if you had been here, sorry it's King James English, my brother had not died. Amen? Amen. Now, there's no difference between the faith that Mary expressed and the faith that Martha expressed. Let's look at what Mary said when she came to Jesus. In verse 32, Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him,
0: she did what? Saying
1: unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not what? But immediately, Mary came.
0: Jesus Christ was immediately aroused in the spirit. I don't know if I'm using the right English.
1: The Bible says in verse 33 And when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, he groaned in the spirit. Let me say something. We miss this. People think that it was just an emotional thing that Jesus Christ did there. No. What moved Jesus was that falling at his feet? That's the difference between the two. The first one came, saw him, even proclaimed, "You, I know you, you are the Lord, you are the son of the God of heaven, and so on. And then she went away. Another one came out and said, see, if you were here, the same statement, so the same expression of faith, the same level of belief as it were, but not the same level of worship. One, for one, it was easy for one to fall down at his feet immediately. Oh, but but you are... She is still in submission to his will.
0: That is the result of sitting down at his feet.
1: When you sit at his feet long long enough, it is easy for you to fall at his feet. I'll show you something else in Luke. Luke chapter 7. I'll prove to you that she had some revelations that even the disciples didn't have. Luke 7. That was why I explained that the event in Luke 7 was the same event that took place in Matthew 26 and so on. Luke 7. In verse 47, this is what Jesus said. Wherefore I say unto thee, he was talking to Simon now, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Now, Jesus Christ said. You see this woman here that is anointing my feet. The reason why she's doing this is because she loved much. Why did she love much? Because her many sins were what? If she loved much because her many sins were forgiven, it meant that she knew that her many sins were forgiven.
0: Are you with me?
1: She loved much. Follow me please. I'm not a good teacher. Just follow me here. She loved much. Why? Because how many things were forgiven. So if how many things were forgiven, and that was the reason, the reason why I am giving you this microphone is because I believe we can say something good when I give it to you. Which means that before now I know or something has revealed to me while, before I gave it to you, that this man will say something that is wonderful if I give him the mic. If she loved much, because how many sins were forgiven, it is because she knew that how many sins were forgiven. Now, when Jesus Christ said how many sins were forgiven, what did the people at the same table with Jesus Christ begin to say? Let us read what they
0: said. Luke 7. Sat at meet
1: with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? So the revelation this woman was already working in that Jesus can forgive
0: sins. They didn't have her. She didn't even
1: have it in that meeting. She knew before she came. Now, the second thing that is even more important and alarming is that she knew Jesus Christ needed to die. She didn't like it, but she knew. Listen, what she did there was not an accident. Everything she did in that room was something that she knew she had to do. And so she came in and she delivered exactly the service that the Holy Ghost wanted her to deliver. was oh, Nigeria. The disciples, by this time, Peter can't have done that. Are you getting my point? That was the level Peter can't here. Judas was even on a worse level He was even planning to go and betray Jesus Christ But this woman Already had an understanding That not only did Jesus Forgive sins That for every other person like you and me To enjoy this same forgiveness of sins He needed to die So even though I don't like the fact that he's going to die I need to prepare him for his death Listen You cannot lose by sitting at the feet of Jesus it is not possible that you will sit at the feet of Jesus and come out without something that can transform the whole world. There's a revelation that you will carry when you sit at his feet. And let me tell us something. The problem, one of the problems Martha had with Mary. But earlier, probably. Okay, let me not, I'm just, that's a, conge- a conjecture. But even if not earlier, we don't know that by the scriptures. I'm just sensing from her behavior. But the other thing that we know from the scriptures, Mary was a prostitute. She was not. So when she looks at the history of Mary, she begins to see someone that she made better decisions than before. So she begins to feel, Obunan Kabunue made good decisions before. I also should be making better decisions than her now. The problem with people is that they think that there is seniority Revelation. Because Lambu goes away, but I know I But listen, overtaking is allowed in this kingdom. If you come close, the more you come close, the more he gives to you. If you come close, it's your business if you want to come close. If you don't want to come close, stay away. But And people will just keep staying and judging. I'm at this lady, I know her. She was a bad sinner. Let me tell you something. What they don't know is that you are not just an ex-sinner. Now you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus.
0: Ever kills
1: seated price in God. How can They don't know the things that God has revealed to you. It is interesting. I will close here. It is interesting that Jesus Christ said that the thing that she had shall not be taken away from her. Now. Jesus Christ did not say, cannot be taken away from her. That would mean that he can't do it, that he doesn't have the ability to do it. When he says, shall not, it means that he has the ability to do it, but he decides not to do it. If you read in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, we see the church in Pergamum where the devil, the Bible said that the devil had his throne in that city. He's in one place at one time. Amen? Are you following? Uh, he's in one place at one time. He's not like our God. Our God is everywhere. Uh, it should give you a source of joy that your God is already in your 2025. Even though you are still here now. He's already there. He knows your tomorrow. So it should give you great joy. And and, and it should be something of great joy to you. Now the devil is not everywhere. He's not in your 2025. So the things he's saying about you. That will happen in 2025. You can disbelieve him and unbelieve him. And reject it. And throw it back at him. And know that he doesn't know what he's saying. Now the interesting thing is that. The Bible says of those people. Of those Christians in the church of Pergamum. That see that you held on to your faith. Even though the devil had his throne. In your city I want to tell you child of God That it is a beautiful fact For me to hold on to that not only will Jesus not take from me the one thing that is needful that I have and which, with which I am pressing on, which is to hold on to his name and to sit at his feet and to worship him, to perform service for him in the spirit and not in the flesh. But it is also more interesting for me to note that the devil cannot do anything about it. Even if he brings his throne to my city, he can just as well do as much as he did to to the church in Pergamon. Are you following what I'm saying? After he's done with everything that he has done, it is my choice to decide whether I hold on to God or whether I don't. So never make any excuses for yourself. In the middle of your storm, don't ever make excuses for yourself. In fact, one of my friends will look at this kind of story, the story of Mary, and he will tell you, Don't allow your background to keep your back on the ground. Don't think so. The fact that you had a bad testimony, a bad story before, does not mean that you cannot do something for God. Don't ever look unto Jesus, the author and finish of your faith.
0: Stand up, let us pray. We
2: have just heard God's word, explicit and clear. The Lord has not minced words. He has spoken to us. Can we just respond to him? How has our service been? Have we been serving like matter? Paying attention to the less important things. Yet at the same time, looking at the other person and criticizing that which he or she is doing. Can we just speak to God in repentance? Tell the Lord that you are sorry. that you have not served him with all your heart and with all your soul. We have served him with the words on our lips. But in our hearts we have not truly served him. Tell the Lord to
0: have mercy.
2: Ask the Lord for the Spirit of the Most High God. That is able to direct and point us to the path that is right and needful at every point in time. That when it is time to sit at his feet, we shall be fine sitting at his feet and learning of him. In the name of Jesus. And you have not yet given your life to Jesus. You have not surrendered unto his leadership and his rulership. For you he is not lord, he is not master. Speak to him at
0: this time. Ubuakawoge.
2: Now is the acceptable time. Ask him to come into your life. That you believe that indeed he came for your sake. That he died on the cross. And that he was raised after three days.
0: Ask him to send his Holy Spirit upon you.
2: In the name of Jesus. Gracious God, we thank you. Even for these ones who have given their lives to you this morning. By confessing that truly you are Lord and Master. Lord, because they have made this confession by faith, we join them in praying and ask, Lord, that you will forgive and you will cleanse. And, Lord, you will continue, O God, to be with them and to impute into them your life-giving spirit from now to the rest of the days of their lives in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for answers to our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray.